Joining me on the show today is James Miller. James is a Heltman Award-winning actor currently playing the lead in Matilda the Musical. He talks all about that and more. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Benjamin Mayer McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host Benjamin and joining me on today's podcast is James Miller. James plays the Trunchbull in Tim Minchin's adaptation of Matilda, which is currently touring Australia. It's got great reviews all around the world, and this Australian production recently broke the world record for the most amount of Helpman Awards won by any show. It broke a, well, it won 16 awards, including James's award for Best Leading Actor in a Musical. James talks all about that role, his career, and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with James Miller. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, James, you've written musicals and cabaret, worked on radio, TV, film, narrated audiobooks, and most notably performed in musical theatre around the world. What inspired this diverse career? Um, I, well, that's a, that's a tricky question up front. Um, I, as a kid, I was, um... I was always um, looking for extracurricular activities that might satisfy me because my brother was into sport, my sister was into sport, and uh, my parents uh, couldn't really find what uh, my interest area was until they sent me to a drama class when I was 12, and I just completely understood it and loved it and um, and got involved in, um, you know, as a kid in TV and um, film, but never theatre until I was an adult. Um, and yeah, so I, it it just sort of uh, came to find me rather than uh, me finding it. But um, I did lots of TV uh, through my teenage years, and then uh, discovered musical theatre and theatre um, when I was about nineteen. And so I went off to to opera and trained in it because I loved it so much. And uh, and now, fifteen years later, here I am. <laughs> Well, you mentioned uh, training at Whopper. Do you think it's crucial for young performers to have a, a university training like that? No, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the word "crucial" is extremely dramatic. No, there are lots of um, incredibly um, talented and lauded performers who uh, who never trained anywhere. I think uh, if it's something that if there are areas um, that young like for me, um, singing and acting always came naturally. Uh, the physical stuff, dancing and that sort of thing was never something I grew up having trained in. So I knew that going to the drama school that provided an extra sk- skill set for me was um, was was crucial uh, for me. But no, absolutely not. I don't... I mean, I would <clears throat> encourage anyone who wants to do it to do that, but I don't think uh, it is um i don't think that um is necessary in terms of still making a career Mm. now as i mentioned when i did that first question you've worked in a lot of art mediums do you have a favorite um uh, i i always have a favorite but it always changes (laughs) (laughs) um when i'm performing i long to write again and when i'm writing i long to perform again so um Given that I trained in both, I did a degree in writing, uh, which I then swiftly followed up by the degree in performing. I had always wanted to um, fuse the two of them, um, which I have sort of done, but um, never together. So when I'm performing, I I don't 
sit down and write. And when I'm writing, I don't stand up and perform. Mm. Well, I mean, you've got your days sort of free with Matilda. You could, you could start writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for the advice. But uh, there's a lot more that goes on uh, away from the performance that uh, requires my attention in order to perform uh, in this role the way that I should and rest is included <laughs> in that as well as keeping up my strength because, you know, the um, deceptively physical I'm, I do spend my my few free days uh, either at the gym or in my bed having a lovely sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one of those options I'd prefer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, as we've sort of alluded to, you're currently starring in Matilda the Musical as the Trunchbull. How did this project eventuate for you? Um, it was really interesting, actually. I was in Lon- I was living in London um, for three years, and uh, I was uh, cast in the uh, English, the original, the um, latest English production of Jesus Christ Superstar, which uh, had Tim Minchin in it, and that was to tour uh, to the US. So I got cast in that as the cover to. Um, oh, look how. How far does my mind go? Um, I was a, I was playing I was playing a cover and the ensemble in that that tour. So I gave up my apartment in London and uh, was ready to go on a fifty state tour of um, America with Jesus Christ Superstar. And it got cancelled two days before we were to leave for New Orleans. So I flew back to Melbourne um, because I was like, okay, I don't have an apartment in London anymore, and I've got. Um, I've got uh, a show which I wrote with Peter Rutherford um, called A Little Touch of Chaos, which was being showcased at the BCA in Melbourne. So I thought, okay, well, I get to go back and be involved in that. Um, So I came back to Melbourne, and at that time, uh, Matilda was auditioning here, so I thought, oh, I'll give it it a go, Um, and got it. (laughs) So uh, it was sort of a a nice fated experience for me um, in terms of you know, one disappointment leads to another um, highlight. So, mm. well, I know there was a lot of media buzz when the, the Jesus Christ Superstar tour was cancelled, and the producers never really gave a reason. Were you were you aware of what happened? Uh, no, I'm still I'm still um, curious about all of that because you know you get cast in something that has successfully toured the world and is a, a sure sure thing really like it's Andrew Lloyd Webber and we had Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child in it and we had Johnny Rotten and we had you know everything Mm. about it was all ready to go and we finished the rehearsals and on Friday afternoon we had a celebratory drink and um you know everyone was really excited I got on the tube after that and um 30 minutes later my agent in London called me and said it's cancelled. And I said, oh, which part? And she said, all of it. <laughs> so I was like, I, I just laughed because, you know, I'm I'm a performer from Australia and I'm used to um, <laughs> learning about, you know, sometimes even the greatest shows can be cancelled at the last minute, but the English cast were completely shocked. They'd n- never experienced anything like it. So, but we, no, never, never told a told a reason at all. Mm. How how unusual. Now, mm. was, Mat- very strange. Now, was, <laughs> was Matilda on your radar 
prior to auditioning? Was it something you'd seen or something you thought, I'd love to be in that? Oh, uh, when I moved to London, um, and it was when Matilda was uh, only just opened, I think it had only opened for about six or seven months, and I went to see it um, one afternoon, and I absolutely loved it. And uh, whenever I had family or friends come over and visit me, I would I would say, let's go to Matilda. So I saw it, I actually saw it five times because I just found it so joyous. Uh, but I didn't see anything in the show for me in order to perform. I I kind of looked at the doctor who opens the um, who opens the show and thought, oh, that would be a fun role to play. My mum came over to London and I took her to see to see it and she said, oh, you'd make a really good trunch bull. And I was like, how offensive? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she said, oh, no, no, that's your sense of humour. You, you'd be good at him. And I was like, oh, never in Australia. They, they wouldn't cast an unknown person in that role. Like, anyway, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I can't quite imagine sort of seeing it um, without my, my lens of reference to, to playing the part at all. So it's, um, it was, it's a wonderful thing to be in something that you, that you already loved um, without having to, um, without having to have yourself involved in it in order to love it, you know? Mm, absolutely. And, I mean, given the nature of your role, was the rehearsal process particularly challenging? Oh yeah, it was. Um, it was incredible, actually. I mean, even through the auditions, we we were put into uh, physical training and um, acrobatic training and learning how to do sort of skills that <laughs> will never come in handy again, but also uh, are essential to the role, like learning how to do rhythmic gymnastics with a ribbon, you know, <laughs> or jumping over a vault in a fat suit on a rake. Um, but, even though those moments happen swiftly in the show, they require an extreme amount of training in order for them to be safe eight nights a week. So even through the uh, audition process, we were um, put through rigorous um, training. And then once the um, original cast with the original kids uh, got together, it was a a two and a half month um, rehearsal period in order to, get all that stuff happening safely and um, and uh, and consistently. Mm. And how do you keep your voice healthy and your body physically okay when you're doing eight shows at that extreme level a week? Um, we have an amazing team around us. We have a physio on site um, 24-7 and, uh, you know, we do safety checks before each and every show. Um, we have... Uh, a voice department that consists of about five amazing people. So they're listening to you all the time and saying, go easy on this and go easy on that. And, you know, so you're monitored and looked after extremely well um, on the project. But for, uh, for myself, I steam a lot during the uh, show just to keep my throat moist and uh, water, 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 water. <laughs> um, because the vocal load, particularly not not so much in song, but particularly in dialogue, is um, very uh, intense. And the, um, the you know what's required of 
of the character, the sound of the character is also very unlike my natural speaking voice. So it's it's just about finding the safe places and using breaks within the show, which have been monitored beautifully in the writing. You go on and um, and can scream at a child for five minutes, but then you've got five minutes off stage where you you know siren and hum steam and go back on so yeah it's just about it's just about monitoring the excessive use and when you've got downtime and a day off you go lightly with it yes uh, no no uh no extracurricular yelling for you <laughs> no 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 there's definitely no room for fighting with anybody outside of my, <laughs> my role on stage <laughs> no um... Matilda's done very well overseas, but it's it's written by an Australian, Tim Minchin. How much was Tim yeah. involved in the show while it was getting off the ground here? Well, because uh, the show has had such a great success through the Royal Shakespeare Company, um, both on Broadway and on the West End, it has a team now that sort of exists to, um, to, ma- to maintain the show and to uh, put the show on anywhere in the world. So he doesn't, as a writer, need to be that involved anymore because the machine is working for him. But he came uh, to us in the last weeks of rehearsal, just sat down, talked. He's he's such a lovely guy. He came to the show a couple of times, sometimes did a sneaky bow and nobody knew that he was (laughs) bowing with the band. Um, And he, you know, he's been extremely open uh, to us writing to him or uh, talking to him about about the piece. But um, as any good writer who's written a, a brilliant piece of work does, he is one step away from it in order to allow the team, the family uh, around it to, to recreate it. So we had lots of interaction with him, but it was uh, more social rather than anything else. Mm. Now, uh, you have already done a couple of cities quite successfully. Where where are you going next with the show? Um, we're in uh, Melbourne until November the 11th, and then we're off to Brisbane, which is exciting, at QPAC, um, and then to Perth, which is um, more exciting because it's Tim's hometown, so it will be wonderful to perform his sort of major maiden piece um, in his hometown. I think that's going to be a really exciting opening night. And then after that, we're uh, doing the, doing Adelaide as a part of the Adelaide Cabaret Festival where they're fi- uh, for the first time doing a um, major, you know, blockbuster musical as a, a headlining act of the, of the festival. So that's where we, we're, where we finish up. Mm. So, I mean, that's an unusual model, I mean, for the Cabaret Festival. Um, do you know anything about how that came about? Because normally it's one-off concerts, really. Oh no, not really. I I just went to the launch and performed at it. But um, I'm <laughs> thrilled to, you know, it's going to be a sad time to to see Matilda come come to its end. But I mean, what an amazing, you know, aesthetic to be involved in um, with the cabaret festival and you know all those artists around us and other events. So I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about us being involved in that. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting month. Very. Now, just recently... Adelaide's going to be a buzz. It is. It's going to be a buzz. And I think you'll, that'll be the last musical that plays a festival theatre before it closes for a very long time. So 
Oh, yeah. is that is that true? Yeah, they're closing for renovations or something, which seems utterly stupid. But hey, oh. yeah. but it's it's nice that they're popular enough to renovate. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> now, um, a few weeks ago, you won a Hiltman Award for your work. How gratifying was that experience? And was it something you ever expected? Um, no, it wasn't actually. Um, I, I had won the um, Sydney Critics Award for Best Supporting Actor, and I appreciated that enormously. And I uh, never expected to be nominated actually for a leading actor. And uh, being nominated against somebody like Anthony Warlow, who I, you know, as a teenager was a fangirl over, um, and Rob Mills and Brent Hill, like, you know, that was that was a rock and roll um, kind of nomination, uh, you know, um, series of nominees, and so I certainly didn't expect that, and it was a it was a grand honour, particularly because of the um, quality of those guys. But I do think it's also a testament, testament to just how fantastic um, the character of Trunchbull is and how much people <laughs> uh, respond to to a character like that on the stage. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, really, I really appreciated it, but I, uh, I can't take it all for myself. It takes a team to um, create a... A performance and a character and a um, costume and <laughs> uh, and a sound like that. So um, I was I was extremely honoured, but proud to, to take that award um, for everyone who put that performance together, which wasn't just me. No, but uh, and speaking of the team, Matilda won a record-breaking sixteen Heltman Awards, all of their nominations. What was the atmosphere like back at the theatre when you returned from Sydney? Um, so so warm and positive, and everyone was excited. And it looked like it was like when we went to warm up the next day on the Wednesday. Oh, sorry, two days after on the Wednesday matinee, everyone was uh, beaming and just feeling. I mean, we all have a genuinely a beautiful time on the show anyway. But it uh, it felt like the outside world had <laughs> had suddenly come in and given us all a big hug. So it was, it was lovely. Mm. And you've performed in Matilda now uh, at least a hundred times. How do you keep it fresh every night? <laughs> at least a hundred. We're up to four hundred and fifty-seven. <laughs> four hundred? No, no, that's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because of the, it's that's a really interesting question because I did, I never, I was worried about, um, will I get bored with something if it goes for a long time? How how to keep it fresh? I still get extremely nervous every night because there are so many variables based on the um, uh, physical expectations of the show. Um, you're always looking after... The, each night is a different group of kids. They're on rotation. There are four casts. And your um, my particular um, focus is always on making sure they're safe. I mean, I've got a swing a kid around by her pigtails and jump over a vault and and do a whole a whole lot of things that could be potentially dangerous so each night it's uh, a focus on um how best to serve and look after the kids mm. um as well as as well as yourself and that can never not feel like a um high responsibility um 
and you can't be bored with that <laughs> with that level of responsibility. No, of, of course not. I mean, live theatre is obviously a, a medium prone to mishaps. Has anything unusually funny happened during the 457 shows you've done so far? <laughs> I'm touching wood now and saying no. <laughs> um, there, I mean, you know, uh, small things like the ribbon has, yes, um, when I've done the ribbon dance, for anyone listening uh, who's seen it, they will know what I'm talking about, but negotiating a uh, very fine piece of cloth um, around the suit that is that big, sometimes it gets caught in it, and I've had to negotiate my way out of being tied up <laughs> in a ribbon. Um, but other than other than that, no, we haven't had any on-stage injuries or any um, any uh, mishaps that have caused a you know a showstop or anything like that. I'm touching wood because I'm going on again tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, no, it's but that's also sort of testament to the rigorous way in which we we rehearsed it, which was any any uh, variable thing that could be potentially dangerous was um, was also rehearsed in. So if you if you know there's a there's a moment where you feel unsafe, there's a you know a code word in order to make the show continue on without having to put yourself in any danger. Mm, that's a real testament yeah. to the, the, the team, obviously, who are, who are working to ensure your safety. It's, it's great you've got a system yeah. like that. Yeah, completely. Well, reviews for the show have been fantastic and audiences have been loving it. So what do you think it is about Matilda that resonates so well with audiences? Well, I think first and foremost, I mean, I can only respond to this based on my response to it when I saw it in London, not when I was in it. Um, there is this sort of epic beauty about the look of the set that immediately sort of captures you when you when you sit down and come in and you want to be a part of whatever that, that big picture is. Uh, but I think in terms of... Uh, hit shows, blockbuster musicals, it's less about um, uh, show-offiness and more about intelligence and um, the value of things like reading, about independence. Uh, it's also a story about uh, women and uh, females and, you know, a, the young girl is the protagonist and nobody is valuing her intelligence and she becomes the hero i think that i think it's extremely um i think the pale itself is extremely uh contemporary um but in a way that you don't expect but with all the with all the value of um other big blockbuster musicals, but without it's not a it's not a tale of romance. It's not uh, it doesn't it doesn't sit in uh, the world of uh, most large scale musicals. It's an it's an interesting, unusual, and beautiful thing to look at and watch, and it's fiercely funny. <laughs> so I think people have responded to it um, in the same way that I did when I saw it, which was this feels new, but it it contains all the smash hit qualities of uh, what makes a great piece of musical theatre. Mm. I mean, you're right, it is It is a fantastic and emotional and, and relevant piece of theatre. When you first saw it, were you a little, a little surprised? Because, obviously, 
Tim Minchin wrote it, and now he's gone on to do another musical, Groundhog Day. But until that point, he'd mainly done stand-up comedy, albeit musical, that was quite offensive and, well, to some people, and, and contentious. So it's a, it was a bit of a change of pace for him. So did that surprise yeah. you? Yeah, but also um, when, you cre- when you're creating something, um, particularly a, a public persona for yourself, um, there, are, there are human beings that are obviously extremely complex and have a lot, lot of things to say. What uh, he wants to do in stand-up and uh, as, a, as a cabaret and comedian artist are different to being asked to honour a story written by Roald Dahl. And, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got a million and one things inside of him. Uh, this is just one. So is his stand-up. So is his next piece so he's he's just a brilliant creative mind who knows how to um who knows how to take what he's asked to do and uh, do it (laughs) extremely well Uh, he's certainly achieved some great things yeah he's gonna achieve many more (laughs) (laughs) now um now james there's a uk recording and a u.s cast album but do you think given the show's obvious success we'll ever see an australian album i don't think so simply because Look, it's very rare to even for a, for a new show, a relatively new show, to have even one cast recording. So I think, I think the, uh, I, I don't think that there's much of a commercial reason to do an Australian cast recording when uh, pretty much everyone has probably bought one or, or both of the others. So. <laughs> All right. Now, um, now people say never work with animals or children, but you've clearly broken that rule with with many, many children being involved in Matilda. What's it like working around younger performers? Uh, it's really. Um, I'm really glad you asked that question because I've been saying constantly. I've been using that quote: "Never work with animals or children." The children have been uniformly and very genuinely. I'm not saying this because this is a piece of publicity. I'm saying it in. God's honest truth, an absolute joy across the board. Every day that we come into work, you can come in as an adult and go, oh, oh, here we go again. And you see the kids and they're like, hi, James, are you ready to go? And I'm like, well, I am now. You know, the enthusiasm and the energy and the excitement um, from them and their commitment to something that I don't think they're going to realise for many years what's an incredibly difficult thing to achieve um, is completely um, overwhelming and um, admirable. And if you're even feeling slightly like you're on the hamster wheel, all you need to do is say hi to one of the kids um, on any given day and realise that their enthusiasm should also be yours. So it's um, I I will miss I miss them. I miss the Sydney kids incredibly. I will miss the Melbourne kids incredibly. Um, but they define what uh, performing is, which is play and um, excitement about that play. And, uh, yeah, so mm. I, working with kids is a joy for me. And do the kids change for every city? Uh, yes. Um, they changed uh, between... We had... A different cast of kids in Sydney. We have a different cast of kids in Melbourne, and then we have our final cast of kids uh, who are going on the tour: Brisbane, Adelaide, and Perth, mm. who are currently rehearsing. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have to attend those extra rehearsals so that the the new kids are inducted, if you like? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
at a point where they're where they've learned the show, yes, we then um, go into rehearsals with with them, but not from not from the original outset, obviously, because we're performing on stage um, in Melbourne while they're rehearsing. So they they we will meet them um, before and uh, and rehearse them in. Hmm. But once once they've re- reached a certain a certain point. Yeah. And and how would you describe the life of a musical theatre performer? Um, well, it depends on the scale of the show that you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at the moment, uh, playing a lead role in a in a big long running show is um it's it's very taxing, um and also very joyful, but you know, you spend you don't just spend the evening during the show working. You spend the day leading up to that um, in preparation. So looking after your voice, making sure that your body feels okay, making sure that you've had the right amount of sleep to do what you have to do, making sure that you're eating the right amount of food in and the correct foods in the right way in order to give you stamina and energy, but, you know, at the right time. So it's it's actually a 24-7 job even though most people think oh you just turn up at the theater do it and get off it's no the day is spent preparing preparing for it and um and particularly on a two-show day you're uh, spending a lot of time making sure you're monitoring your water intake and your um you know anything that could possibly hurt you or put you off you're you know constantly Mm. aware of um looking after yourself so it's um it's a it's a big job and bigger than uh, it appears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't like two day shows as a, as a, just a theatre actor. I can't imagine what a musical must be like for, for two shows a day. That'd be killer. But yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's um, it's I actually I actually really love a two show show day because it um, you kind of I get to the end of the first one and think, oh god, I don't have another one in me. But then you realise that it only takes, you know, a couple of ginger shots in a short nap and you actually have a better one than you are after it. So it's it's a it's a for me it's a lovely um learning um learning thing about metering your energy and looking after your voice and finding ways in which to um uh to safely do all the things that you want to do in order to achieve what you have to achieve in that day. Mm. And uh, what would you say has been the highlight of your career thus far? Um, without a doubt, this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had I've had heaps of amazing highlights. I loved doing Jerry Springer at the um, Opera House. I loved being um, part of a touring production through UK of Chess, um, just because it was so weird and fun. Um, I. Loved Gutenberg, which I did with David Harris and Neil Gooding, because it was a really tiny little production that just relied on two men and a, you know, forty hats, and it felt like great physical comedy. Um, but for me, this is the this is the longest running and biggest uh, break that I've that I've had, and I absolutely love the character in it. It, um, you know, I spend a little bit of every day thinking about what's going to happen the last time I I don her on and uh, and play 
playing this trunch ball, I, I will miss whatever it is that she is inside of me. So, um, yeah, this is my highlight. So the show wraps up end of next June. What are your plans beyond then? Um, secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would absolutely love to have a holiday. <laughs> um, I've never been to Japan before, so I'm saving up. A, I'm saving up my pennies to go on a little trip to Japan. But uh, <laughs> um, in terms of my profession, I would like love to continue. I've directed um, quite a bit over at WAPA. And I'd love to teach as well. Um, I would like to perform again, but I, uh, I'm sort of juggling different opportunities um, according to those things, but that's all I can say. <laughs> no, fair enough, but there are plans, I think it's, it's fair to yeah, assume. There are. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have plans to continue on. I'm not going to die after this judge <laughs> So... Uh... <laughs> What what can audiences expect to see when they come to Matilda the Musical? Um, visually, a spectacular and unique design. Um, Jaw dropping performances from children that you don't you couldn't possibly understand how they could um, be so detailed and intricate at such a young age in terms of performance. Um, big, loud, um, colourful characters. Uh, it feels like. It feels like Roald Dahl is uh, is on the stage, and it sounds the, uh, musically. It sounds like Roald Dahl, and visually, it looks like um, Quentin Blake. And uh, if you're if you're a lover of of the book, you get that spat out at you. <laughs> well, you've certainly sold me on it. I, I I saw it in the UK, but I can't wait to see it here. Whenever <laughs> you see. It, whatever city, yeah, whatever city you seem to be in, I'm not in that one. I think is how the last six months have have just occurred. So one day it'll catch up with me. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to remedy that. Absolutely, maybe Adelaide. Be nice if I'm here in June. <laughs> yeah, great. Let's go out for a coffee in Adelaide. <laughs> uh, now, um, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performing arts? Um. I would say put your armour on, um, but continue to believe in your ability. Listen to the people that you respect and that do work that you love and ask them for their honesty in advising you. Now, if you could go back and, and give yourself some advice at a, at a younger age when you were entering this industry, what would you say? Um... Okay, I need you to I need you to give me a bit more detail on that question because do you mean as a kid before or as some at what age? <laughs> um, well, so just before your first professional role, um, I think would be probably a good point. Um, okay, I would say to myself, um, you got put here for a reason. Don't be don't be anxious about. Um, not being good enough. Those are wise words, and I think that's something that's something every actor should acknowledge um, more frequently. There's a lot of self doubt in this industry, as I'm sure you're aware. So that's very wise words. Yeah, and and uh, and I do I do I mean I'm, without being Oprah Winfrey, I do think that the uh, idea of it is a it is 
a rare blessing to actually be employed professionally um, in something that is such a passionate, um, you know, um, enterprise for so many people. So the minute that that happens, I think uh, pulling your shoulders back and standing up and owning it is a is a is a very good thing to do. Certainly is. Now, uh, finally, what's your your favourite musical theatre song ever, and why? ask hard questions but good ones um oh well it would depend on a whole stack of different things my i think my favorite song when it just happens to come up on my on my ipod is would be something that i don't think many people would expect but um la vie bohème from uh rent i just i think that it's a beautiful fusion of the idea and the interpretation um, of La Boheme uh, to Rent and the lyrics are so clever and it has some of the kind of coolest, quirkiest rhymes I've ever heard. So I've always, I've always loved that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it certainly is a great song. Well, well uh, look, James, thank you for that. It's been a real pleasure talking to you here on the show today and I wish you nothing but success with with a show and whatever comes afterwards. Thank you, Benjamin. That was my chat with James Miller, and Matilda the Musical is currently in Melbourne, so go and grab tickets to that right now. If it's anything like the London production that I've seen, it's, it's truly phenomenal. Well, don't forget that our show, Great Detectives of Old Time Radio Live, is about to open in the Sydney Fringe Festival. I highly recommend you get tickets to it, because... I'm in it, and I think that uh, you'll, uh, you'll have a great time. It's full of mystery, intrigue, and comedy. It, uh, it's got a, a wonderful cast. We've got some fantastic guest stars, some of whom have been on this show, such as uh, Andrew Hansen and Kurt Phelan. Um, so they're, they're doing uh, a very small guest role in, in Sydney. And then we're in Adelaide as well, from the 28th of September to the 9th of October. 17 shows here in Adelaide, and from the 13th to the 18th of September in the Sydney Fringe Festival. Tickets for both those seasons are available right now. Uh, and you can also get tickets for Melbourne season, which is the 20th to the 26th of February. So uh, if you want to head over to greatdetectivestour.com, there are links to uh, the tickets and a list of our cast, guest stars, and some fantastic photos. And as always, let's not forget about our wonderful sponsors, Mad Zombie Collectibles, Madman Entertainment, Via Vision Entertainment, and Palace Nova Cinemas. As always, there are a ton of new movie reviews, including Bloodfather and The Infiltrator, over on the website, under the movie reviews section, to read. Now, donations are what helps keep this show running, so if you're able to donate anything, please head over to the website and press the donate button on the homepage. Well, I've been your host, Benjamin A. McKay. This was a Preacher's Podcast online and on stage production, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>